Good morning and welcome to the February 14th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is Ryan Joy and today I am saying happy Valentine's Day. Did you get your significant other something nice for this Hallmark holiday? Well, if you didn't, one thing I would not recommend doing is spending your romantic evening watching WWE's St. Valentine's Day Massacre from 1999. Not that it's a bad show or anything. In fact, the show has always stuck out in my mind as a rather eventful evening. It's just not a very good romantic gesture if you're already behind the eight ball this February 14th. But while you consider how you're going to say Happy Valentine's Day to that special someone in your life, let's talk about how the WWE said Happy Valentine's Day. The year is 1999. The event is St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and the event had all kinds of romantic and sexually charged storylines to get you through the evening. Let's start by noting that we're in Memphis, and Jerry Lawler is super over. He's not even doing anything to hype the live crowd, but they're chanting his name and holding up Lawler for mayor signs, which was a real possibility in those days, by the way. But let's turn our attention to our first romantic encounter, I mean, match of the evening. And on a night meant to celebrate romance, why not put gold dust in the opening contest? After all, is there another WWE superstar who made more unwanted romantic advances than the bizarre one? Well, there's, I guess there's Vince McMahon. That was mostly off camera though. And I guess there's also Ric Flair. And oh, that was mostly off camera too. What am I kidding? Those guys made a ton of unwanted advances and they also made the get you fired today jokes right in front of the camera. Alas, anyway. Goldust is different. He walked that homosexual line at a time that made the audience feel incredibly uncomfortable. So how do you woo a guy that has been wooing, again, we're not talking about Ric Flair, a guy who has been wooing his opponents for years at this point? Well, the Blue Meanie figured if you can't beat him, join him. And after all, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Introducing Blue Dust. Meany was entertaining enough on his own, and while this was fun, it's probably best that Goldust made short work of Blue Dust, even finishing him off with his Shattered Dreams punt kick to the groin, which I'm sure sent the Blue Meany home with a bag of ice held between his legs. What's up next on your Valentine's Day bingo card? Well, as you may recall, Al Snow spent a large portion of his career making oral sex jokes. Unfortunately for Al, he not only lost the love of his mannequin head when she disappeared, but he was also in the middle of a falling out with his job squad friends. Bob Holly, before he was Hardcore Holly, picked up a W over Al Snow in a Hardcore Championship match. It is Valentine's Day, so I hope Al at least got head. I, I mean, I hope Al found his... You know what I mean. I'm going to quit this topic while I'm ahead. Damn it. Okay, moving on. For as long as the horror genre has existed, I think vampires and demons have been linked to love. I guess part of the vampire appeal is that their bite is supposed to be intoxicating to the victim or something like that. So obviously we're going to need a Ministry of Darkness match, and with a trio of vampires called the Brood in the group, 
They're definitely going to be working the Valentine's Day show, right? Wrong. The WWF trotted out the member of the ministry that is probably least romanticized over in Midian. It just took a boss man slam by the big boss man to put Midian down in a little more than six minutes. Don't worry though, all is not lost. The vampires did come out with the rest of the ministry to abduct the big boss man. Well, we're good, right? Enough WWE Valentine's Day for one night, right? Sorry guys, strap in. Oh, poor choice of words. Let's not talk about straps on this show. Uh, hold on tight, we're only half done. Sexual Chocolate Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown lose a tag title match to Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. The whole thing circled around Sexual Chocolate taking an interest in the tag champs manager Deborah, which cost them before. So Mark and D'Lo brought in Ivory, who Mark could also barely resist. Anyway, confrontation between Ivory and Deborah led to Mark eating a chair shot and submitting to the figure four. Don't worry though, it's Valentine's Day and the WWE has something for everyone. Seriously, it's true. Haven't you been paying attention? Gold dust, head, vampires. This Valentine's Day really got going, though, when Ivory tore the clothes straight off of Deborah to close out this segment. Up next, we have a love triangle, or quadrangle, or something. Bear with me, because this is confusing. Ken Shamrock's sister is on WWE TV for some reason. And Val Venus takes a rather adult interest in Ryan Shamrock. Now Billy Gunn finds her intriguing too. And Shamrock hates both Gunn and Venus for even looking at Ryan. And to be clear, Val Venus is doing way more than look at Ryan Shamrock. She's very receptive to Val's advances. In any event, Shamrock defends the IC title against Val, who is kind of like a despised brother-in-law at the moment. And Billy Gunn is the special referee. Shamrock loses due to distractions. Okay, so I said it's a love quadrangle, right? Well, in real life, real life, that's the universe that exists after the WWE show ends. In that real life, Ken Shamrock is actually dating Ryan Shamrock. Or I should say the woman that plays Ryan Shamrock on WWE TV. So this whole thing has been Ken Shamrock getting pissed off and fighting Val Venus because Val is sleeping with Ken's sister slash girlfriend. Also, Billy Gunn is exposing himself to anyone that'll look, and that was before he would respond to requests for scissoring. Back in those days, he would just demand that you suck it. Anyway, happy Valentine's Day. Speaking of love triangles or whatever, China has recently turned on Triple H and X-Pac. You know, in real life, and don't make me explain that again, Triple H and China date through the entirety of 1999. I'm not sure if or how much overlap actually exists in the Triple H China and the Triple H Stephanie McMahon relationship, but let's just say we're right on the edge when this pay-per-view takes place. So China has aligned herself with the corporation. Yeah, that's right. The McMahons, or otherwise known as the group of people wooing Triple H away in real life. Kane and China get a win here over China's real life beau, Triple H, and her future fiance, X Pac. Man, can't you just feel the romantic vibes on this Valentine's Day? Let's move on to our final two matches. At the time, The Rock and Mankind were trading the WWF Championship back and forth, and on this night, Mankind was defending against The Rock in a last man standing match. The holiday wasn't lost on The Rock, though, as he stopped mid-match to sing a rock version 
of Heartbreak Hotel that ended with Mankind checking himself into the SmackDown Hotel. I don't know if The Rock was so lonely, as the song goes, but satisfactory finishes were probably very lonely on this Valentine's Day because the WWE certainly didn't bring them out to play. If The Rock and Mankind striking each other with a steel chair at the exact same time and neither of them being able to answer the ref's 10 count was on your list of possible finishes to this match, well, congrats, because that's what's happened. And when you consider matters of the heart on this Valentine's Day, I'll ask you, is love really all that different than hate? I mean, yes, they obviously are, but when you consider the passion that people bring to both feelings, they're more alike than you might think. So why not slam a serious blood feud right in the middle of this Royal Rumble to WrestleMania journey we're on? In the main event, we have a steel cage match between Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now we've seen Vince wrestle before this, but not in a high profile or singles type encounter. This is different, and we've been watching this feud between Steve Austin and Vince McMahon play out for like 18 months at this point. And it's all coming to a head. Sorry, Al. It's all coming to a close right here on St. Valentine's Day Massacre on February 14th, 1999. And well, when you think back to the great wrestling war of the 90s between WWF and WCW, People just love the era. The battle was good for interest. One of the things wrestling fans romanticize about the era was that we never knew who was going to show up on the other show. So imagine our collective surprise when somehow, some way, the WWF managed to sneak Paul White into the building and under the ring without us fans knowing. It was a huge both literally and figuratively huge surprise to see WCW's The Giant on a WWE pay-per-view. A fun surprise. The Giant was there to help Vince. He picked up Steve, tossed him into the side of the steel cage, and ugh. The cage broke and Steve flew out of the ring and onto the floor. Austin wins by escaping the cage. And did I mention a WrestleMania title match was on the line? Ah yes, Steve is going to WrestleMania. And there you have it, a Valentine's Day event full of romanticized nostalgia, love triangles, quadrangles, a heart-wrenching Elvis parody, homophobia, unwanted sexual advances, women ripping each other's clothes off, and don't forget that one thing that Al Snow always reminded us about during this period of time. What does everybody want? Especially on Valentine's Day? That's right. Head. Okay, I'm definitely getting kicked off the internet now, so we'll see you right back here tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show.